This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From MLB.com, you can read his work at Reds.com. Pinch hitting for Jim Day today. Marky Mark, how are you? Tommy, it's great to see you again, and uh, happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to you, and uh, nice of you to, to step in so close to uh, to Christmas, right around the corner, but uh, a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to talk with Matt McLean coming up here shortly. Uh, we'll take your phone calls as well, 513-749-1360. We also got a couple of questions from some folks on Twitter. Uh, plenty to discuss with regards to this Reds team in the upcoming season. Certainly plenty of excitement Uh, We'll talk about the rotation a little bit and uh, whatever you want to talk about as well. Give us your phone calls or uh, shoot us messages on Twitter. Um, Plenty, plenty to talk about today. Let's get right to it and welcome in Maddie Mack. Matt McLean joins us. How is your offseason going, sir? Uh, It's going great. Thanks for uh, having me, by the way. Um, Thank you. No, it's going great. I'm, I'm working out. Laying low in Arizona, I just drove back to California for uh, Christmas with my family. Um, so yeah, just hanging out, not doing much. I, I gotta ask. Uh, I, I don't know if I heard this from the clubhouse, but I, I've just started calling you Maddie Mac. You probably don't. You may not even know that, but uh, I, I've said it when referring to you to colleagues. Marky Mark, yeah, Maddie Marky Mac. Mark. I, does just... anybody else call you that? Uh, Mac. Uh, I don't think in the clubhouse, but. You know, there's, I mean, I've been called Mac, Big Mac, Little Mac. I've been called a lot of stuff. <laughs> is there is there a nickname in particular that uh, stands out to you that you prefer? Is there a preferred nickname that you've had over the years? Uh, my favorite one, um, I'm not very big, but I was always called Big Red because I'm a ginger <laughs> growing up. So it does fit playing for the Reds. Um, so red or big red is my favorite. And like when someone says that, I know it's like, you know, it's like someone from like my, uh, like childhood, like little league team or something like that, because that was what my coach always called me. I was big red as in my middle brother's little red He's strawberry blondish, but, uh, I like red. I like Mac, honestly, anything. <laughs> we'll start creating t-shirts anytime now for that. Yeah, right. Hey, um, and Matt, what have, you, what have you been doing to unwind uh, since uh, we last saw you, either at Reds Fest and at the end of the season? What's kind of been your, your off season so far? Yeah, um, it's been a lot of rehab um, and stuff like that because, you know, re-tearing it when I went to Louisville um, and stuff, I didn't have too much time off, um, but I haven't done much. You know, I'm in the Arizona area, um, so I'm really just hanging out. I've gone on hikes. I like hiking a little bit up and down Camelback. That's fun. Um, normally, I'd be golfing. You know, every other day, that's what I would do last off season and the one before that. But um, obviously, I can't do that. So I, I work out, hang with my brothers, um, play a lot of pool. I'm not that good, but we got a pool <laughs> table at the house. Fun. If you're playing a lot, you got to be getting better, though. I would like to think, right? I get better, but like you know, if someone steps on the table and they know what they're doing, like they still beat me ten times out of ten. <laughs> but I'll beat the like an average someone who's like, yeah, I know a little bit. I. I could probably beat them most of the time. So you're being like a pool shark, try to downplay your talents so that you can you can get somebody when here in Cincinnati. 
I have done that to my friends, yes. Yeah, okay, all right. That makes sense. I believe it. I got you. Well, you talked about the injury. How is that coming along? Are you back to 100% yet? And uh, if not, uh, how long before you feel like you're, you're full go? No, I'm back to 100%. I mean, I've been swinging and stuff. Um, you know, I think we've gotten up to like 100 swings-ish um, at this point in the off season. Then, you know, when I get to spring training, I'll report a little bit earlier since I live out in Arizona. Um, I'm full go. So I'm 100% doing everything. It's going well. Would you say you're doing your full ramp up ahead of spring training now, or is that still coming after the first of the year? Um, more after the first of the year. Um, the, normally I would be hitting a little bit more um, as of right now. Like once December starts, I think last off season I started, I played in the fall league. So the season went into, you know, beginning, middle of November and I didn't start till Christmas. But ideally, you know, I'd like to start around December and really go at it um, and then take maybe a week or two off in January and then go at it early and show up to spring training early and then go at it for all of spring training into the season. Yeah, you you talked about kind of the, the playing in the fall league last year and that extending your season a little bit. How much of that prepared you for the grind of getting through – a major league season and is it that much different getting through a, a big league season I get it that your season was cut a little short last year because of the injury uh, but you still got to experience a majority wow. of the grind of a major league season how's it compare to what you went through through the minor leagues yeah it, it was uh that fall league stint definitely helped me you know I was definitely tired out there mentally um pushing through it and stuff so that experience from that and then the minor league season definitely helped into this year I got hurt I think I played like 128 games total. I know I played 89 in the big leagues. Um, so, you know, those last 30 games plus the playoffs, you know, I want to, I really pride myself on trying to be available every day that I can. And I want to be that guy that goes out there every day. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen this last year, but you know, that's something that I'm learning from my mistakes in the past and, you know, trying to build on it so I can be available 162 games plus the playoffs. Um, so that's one of the big goals for me is, you know, just to get healthy and play every single day. Um, Cause that's the fun part of it is making those day-to-day adjustments and, you know, doing good on those bad days where you really got to mentally grind. Those are some of the most fun days when you look back on them. It almost sounds like you already anticipate the season coming up. Is that kind of how you, especially after stopping early and team falling just short of the playoffs, does that kind of raise your anticipation level for 2024? Yeah, it's hard not to, you know, like not being on the field, especially at the end of the season, not being able to play and like, you know, watching the team fight. um, That that was hard. It wasn't easy just to like, you know, kind of sit on the sidelines and just watch. So, uh, yeah, that definitely does that injury. And for me, it it makes it all that more like, you know, I'm eager to get back and I'm eager to start hitting. You know, I want to go in there and I want to hit like all day, but I just can't right now. I know it's not the right time for it. When I hear – not just you talk, but pretty much anybody associated with this team, everybody talks about not just getting through the season, but everybody's anticipating an extra month at the end of the year. Is that where you guys are with your confidence in each other, that the expectation internally is not just to play 162, but to play an additional month in the postseason? Yeah, I think that's the feeling, you know, of uh, how close we were last year. Um and, you know, we went through some good patches and some bad patches, but I think that, you know, up and down the roster, um, everyone's really grinding and has a similar goal to get Cincinnati back to the playoffs. And once we get in the playoffs, 
you know, go series by series, game by game, and win, you know, all of them all the way to the World Series. Um, so that's definitely something that, you know, we're looking forward towards. But, we, you know, it always starts in, uh, in March and early in the season, so we got to take care of that. Um, and then things down the road will take care of themselves. You, you mentioned that you know, one of the things you weren't working on was taking care of your body and getting ready for the season. But as far as the, the hitting and the fielding and, and the, your game itself, what is something you're working on adjustment-wise going into spring training and your off-season workouts? Yeah, um, one of the things that I was you know working on last year constantly was you know hitting the fastball at the top of the zone. Um, some of those four-seam guys who you know really ride the ball. Um, I feel like if I can take care of that fastball at the top of the zone. I could hit them um, all the other places around the zone. So that, and then obviously, you know, hitting the hanging breaking ball earlier in the counts. Um, that's one thing. And then, you know, uh, defensively, just, you know, being able to play anywhere. Uh, my arm strength, being able to play from, you know, the hole in the shortstop to the double play turn at second base, um, the angles from both double play turns. And from the bases, you know, I want to steal bases. You know, I was not great at that last year. Um, and me and CC uh worked through it a lot and I got better as the season went on but you know that's something I really want to jump on from spring training because I think I can make a difference there I want to talk with you more about that but uh, we got to get to a break Matt you got time to stick around with us for a little bit longer yep of course all right we'll visit more with Matt McClain coming up programming note we will be on WSAI 1360 for those of you listening locally in Cincinnati uh, for the second half of the show. So once we get to the bottom of the hour, uh, those that might be listening locally on 700 WLW, you'll be able to listen to the rest of the show on WSAI 1360 after the break at the bottom of the hour. We continue with more with Matt McClain coming up. You're listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm doing it for sure, but like, I, it might get thrown on me last minute. But... uh. I don't know. I'm not very good at that. Probably pizza. Yeah, pizza is perfect, pizza especially in wings. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's got the best pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's I, <laughs> I. I found you can't go wrong with pizza and wings. You 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 find a good wing spot. You load up. Uh, depending on how many people you got, just just get a ton of wings, and everybody will be happy. Yeah, I love wings. Good. See, I, I think you were a good fit for uh, for that contest. Um, back back to the task at hand. You were talking about uh, the the adjustments you were making throughout the course of the season last year and what you want to learn coming into this season. One of the things you said was the base running. You want to steal bags uh, at a higher rate and a better success rate this season. What is it? I mean, you have the speed. So, so what will allow you to be a better base stealer in 2024? Yeah, definitely me and CC were working on that first step, um, you know, kind of not almost running in place. I was running in place, so working on not running in place and gaining ground on that first, those first few steps and learning to accelerate faster um, is what's going to help me do that. And I, was, I got better at that as the season went all, along. But uh, it's a day-to-day effort. Like, it's, you know, I, when he said that, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it in a couple of days. It's nuts. Once you got to rework your brain to, you know, think differently and move differently almost. So it takes time. But um, – I did get better, and I did see progress, so I just need to continue to build on that. As a middle infielder, that first step is so important um, defensively. Yeah. Can that translate to base running? Definitely. I think so. You know, it's a little bit different of a step, but it definitely could, um, just in terms of that first step right off the bat or even right before trying to anticipate where the ball is going to be hit. You know, Matt, right after Reds Fest, uh, the Reds 
obviously made two moves for the pitching staff uh, right before Reds Fest, but after Reds Fest, they added uh, Jamer Candelario to a three-year contract, and of course, he's another infielder. What did you think when that move was made, and and how do you kind of feel like that's going to help the team? Yeah, obviously, you know, all three guys that we've added um, are obviously really good players, and they're going to contribute in a huge way to our team. Um, But yeah, he's, you know, we're playing against him. It wasn't fun to play against him. I feel like he hit a homer every time we faced him. But, um, no, he, he's a great player. You know, he's going to help us a lot, to say the least. That's really all I got. He's going to help a lot. <laughs> you know, one of the things, I, I feel like he can take some pressure off some of the, you know, it's a young team, so the, the leadership is, is a factor. But obviously, you know, you have a veteran presence in the middle of the lineup. Is there any feeling or sense of relief having a veteran in the lineup that can kind of take pressure off guys? I think, yeah, you know, knowing a guy who's been in the league for as long as he's been, um, you know, he's obviously had a way more at-bats than all of us and has way more experience than all of us. So seeing a guy go about it day-to-day and, you know, make these adjustments, um, we can pick that up and watch that and, you know, use it in our own game and watch him make adjustments really fast to the game that he's been playing at a high level for a long time. So, Definitely. You're definitely spot on with that. On the other side of that coin, do you have any concerns about how it's all going to fit? Like, How do you feel about the infield rotation they're talking about doing? It sounds like guys are going to be moving around quite a bit. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, you know, it brings the best out in everyone. Um, you know, guys, you, you got to play good to be in the lineup, and that's what you want um, from a winning team, and that's what I want to be a part of. You know, I want to play good on a winning team. Um, and when you have a lot of really good players playing well, that – adds to it and it adds to the competition factor um and ultimately it's going to make us better as a team that's really all that matters in the end you're you're the type of player i remember a conversation we had uh during the season wasn't on the air i think we were just talking in the dugout and we were talking about your desire and your enjoyment of making adjustments because you you were seeing pitchers already make the adjustment to you and then you're having to make the adjustment to what they were doing uh take us through that because that's not an easy thing for guys i mean that's that's really kind of the separator right that's that that separates the guys that make it from the guys that that are a flash in the pan success uh what what's that process like for you as you try to figure out what you need to do to counter what pitchers are figuring out maybe where your weakness or your holes are yeah i think that's the most one of the most fun parts for me is make adjustments, you know, when you feel like you're going good, all of a sudden they throw this pitch and they keep putting it there and you're like, okay, I can't hit that pitch. And then it's like, okay, how do you work about it in the game or after the game or before the game or after the game to where the next day you show up, they're coming right there and, you know, you got to make that adjustment. Um, I think that's just one of the most fun parts. You know, they get, they all of a sudden they're throwing you a bunch of sliders and stuff. How are you going to react and how are you going to adjust? And I think that's one of the things that I did well this year, but I could still get better at. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really fun making those constant adjustments because, you know, it's one of those things, baseball will knock you right back down, and that's what they do, especially in the big leagues where they're so good and they can throw what they want, where they want, and it's like, okay, you got to make an adjustment or, you know, you're looking down, you're over 20. Um, so I think that's one of the most fun parts is trying to beat the pitchers, um, you know, mentally and kind of know what they're throwing. Um, to your weak spot and try and make that a strong point. Matt, we have about 30 seconds left before we let you go. Do you have any uh, 
like a Christmas wish or do you have a gift a gift request that you're hoping to get this uh this next week? Uh, no, I asked for, uh, the only thing I asked for was like the adjustable dumbbells for ah. my house. For my, that's all I asked for. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Hopefully Santa comes yeah. through for you. No doubt. Matt, thanks yeah. so much for the time. <laughs> Certainly appreciate it. Have a uh, very merry holiday season. And, uh, if you end up being saddled with the holiday party or the new year's party, good luck to you. May it go well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Matt McLean joining us on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by UDF. Coming up, we'll take your phone calls. Again, 749-1360 with Mark Sheldon. I'm Tommy Thrall. This is the Budweiser Hot Stove League, presented by UDF. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kyle, Mark, uh, we've seen the Shohei Otani deal get done. As astronomical as it was, it's done. now you kind of feel like other dominoes are going to start falling into place. Do you do you see that move and the dominoes that will fall after that impacting the Reds as far as what's to come? I think the move, Otani kind of got the industry moving a little bit because the Tyler Glasnow move happened shortly after that and things like that. But now it seems like now people are waiting for Yamamoto, another starting pitcher on the market. And, and the Reds seem to be looking to upgrade at the rotation. And you, you got to think that before... They can get to work on someone like Shane Bieber or Dylan Cease. They want to, you know, the teams are going to want to see what happens to Yamamoto and other starting pitchers before they start fielding more serious offers. With regards to that, um, you know, you and I were talking before this show ever began. Signing a a Shohei Otani like deal never makes sense for the Reds. I don't know that it ever will make sense for the Reds. I'm not sure that it makes sense for the Dodgers, for that matter. Um, but. As you see the Reds moving forward with this offseason, do you see them filling the void while we're on the subject of starting pitching? That seems to be one of the pieces still that the Reds want to get resolved. Is it going to be a trade? Is it going to be a free agent signing? And if it is a free agent signing, do you envision it being a long-term deal or a short deal? I would think if it's a free agent signing, it's going to be a shorter deal. If you look at the Sonny Gray situation, he got a three-year deal, and I think that's probably the top of where they were looking at. Michael Waka, I think, got a two-year deal. That's probably a little closer. When they were looking at Glasnow, he only had a year left on his contract when they were thinking about trading for him. So I think the shorter-term deals make more sense because they have so many young pitchers, and you don't want to necessarily stunt them from uh, from realizing their potential in this team. So I, I think a shorter-term deal rather than a longer one makes more sense. The thing is, there's not a lot of free agents on the market that really fit the the need of what they have right now. I think their their hopes might be pinned more to the trade market. Uh, this question comes to us from Tyler Bricky on Twitter at the Heavy Two Seventeen. Does the money that's been spent on Pagan, Martinez, and Candelario preclude the Reds from being in the bidding for a guy like Marcus Stroman? He seems like an ideal fit. He keeps the ball on the ground. He has experience towards the top of a playoff rotation. Uh, I don't. Uh, we again. This is something you and I were discussing before the show. I don't feel like. Uh, those signings that the Reds have made are going to impact their ability to spend moving forward. 
Yeah, they've spent $87 million, which is a very respectable number for, for this team. Uh, Nick Crawl, the president of baseball operations, did say there is more money to spend. He didn't specify how much or how much they're going to do. As for Stroman, I'm not totally sure he he fits what they're looking for here, uh, both in contract length and, and just Stroman. But it's it's not it's definitely not impossible. I just don't know if he's the fit. Yeah, and, and you know, talking with Nick when they signed Candelario, the the personality clubhouse fit is a big piece, and and not everybody I don't think is going to fit uh, what the Reds are necessarily looking for within the clubhouse dynamic. And I think that's a that's a big factor here. I mean, they've yeah. got a good thing going, uh, and you want to make sure whoever you bring in fits that. I'm not saying that Marcus Stroman doesn't. Um, I just haven't heard his name mentioned. His his name has not been associated with uh, guys that maybe lift up other guys on the in the team. I, I, I've never met him. I don't want to say anything ill will about him, but I just don't – I haven't heard – yeah, you, you got to have Marcus Stroman. He'll make all your young starters better. That's not something that I've heard about. That. I feel like that's what they're looking for. You know, Wade, yes. uh, Wade Miley was would have been a, a great fit. Sonny would have been a good Sonny, fit. Sonny, for the same reasons, because when you talk to other guys that played with Sonny when he was here before, he and Wade both had a way of talking the language of pitching that made sense to young players, and it came across as a peer. There are some things that you can get across as a peer, as a fellow player, that a coach might not be able to get across as easily. And, and so I think when they're trying to figure out who that final piece is going to be, I think that's where, where it comes in. Do you think the Reds need to add another starting pitcher? I think based on the injuries they've had the last year or so, especially those the three big starters in Lodolo, Green, and, and Ashcraft, I think in order to be considered a serious playoff contender, you'd want a guy who you know is going to make 30 starts, who you know can take the ball into the sixth and seventh inning, and and they don't have of all these really nice young arms they have, they have other than maybe Ashcraft who's done it in in streaks, they have not shown a guy yet that can do that day in and day out when he starts. Abbott is coming the closest, but he wore down at the end of the last season. We've seen we've seen Hunter Green both of the last two seasons. He has finished really strong. I mean, he's yeah. had really good stretches at the end. Uh, and and you're hoping that it's part of the learning process for these young pitchers that they will be able to figure it out. Uh, talking with Nick Lodolo, he was he was hurt last year. I mean, the whole time, he, the whole time, and he didn't necessarily realize how hurt he was, but but it got to the point where he realized he wasn't able to finish like he wanted, and that impacted what he was able to do on the mound. So I think you look at the small sample that he had last year, you just kind of have to throw that out because he wasn't able to do what makes him a good pitcher. So those are the things that I think you have to look at. But at the same time, you also have to realize at some point you're going to need these guys to prove that they can get through a full season healthy. They're going to have to prove it. And I would say, especially after the 82 wins last year, the, the window to contend is is open. Yeah, and wide open. You cannot waste it. And – you don't know necessarily. I think Nicolado is a very good pitcher, but he made seven starts last season. And like you said, it was kind of a lost year. He has to be able to show that he can do it over a whole year. Hunter Green finished strong the last two years, but after a two-month break from an injury. So they need him to pitch a whole season. And Ashcraft also missed some time, both in the middle and at the end. And he has to show he can do it a whole year. So if you bring in a veteran guy, I think that that's not bad for the younger pitchers, especially the ones that were just kind of coming up at the end of last year, like Connor Phillips. It's okay to give them more time to develop, but you're going to need all these guys. I think just pitching in general has now become a, a game of attrition as much as anything. People break down, and they're not going as deep. The starts are going more towards four, five, and six innings rather than six, seven, and eight innings. You're going to need people to fill in these innings. 
Nick Martinez will obviously take up one rotation spot if they do add another pitcher. It it begs the question, all right, who's going to be the odd man out? We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, you're listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF 513-749-1360. Phone lines are open. We'll take your calls and continue next on the Reds Radio Network. Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Thanks for joining us with Mark Sheldon. I'm Tommy Thraw. Be sure to visit the new BetMGM Sportsbook at the Banks. It's the perfect place to catch all the action and bet on your favorite teams. Plus, starting December 29th, you can grab a drink from the full-service bar and enjoy delicious food from Nation Kitchen and Bar, including their award-winning burgers, must be 21 and older, and present in Ohio to gamble gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. We're talking about the rotation. Uh, if the Reds are to add another starter, Nick Martinez seems to be a guy that, that a lot of people are, are inserting into the rotation right now. That leaves Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft in the rotation is, I think, locks, right? I don't know about Lodolo. We'll see how his health is, but right. oh, and Andrew Rabbit. Yeah, I... I you got to move somebody out of the rotation. Somebody's going to come gonna out. Be? How, Someone's going to be unhappy. You're not going to go with a six-man rotation. That is never, in the in the history of baseball, that has never proven to work. So there, it will be a five-man rotation of, of some sort. So what's it going to be? Who? How, how is that determined? Well, performance will be one of the ways, and health will be another way, because I hate to say this, but unfortunately spring training does bring injuries at, at times, arm injuries and, and whatnot. But somebody that was in this rotation in 2023 will be pitching in Louisville possibly in 2024, and that's going to be a weird thing for somebody that's been up all season. So uh, I will say this. The Reds, if they don't add another starter, I still think they're contenders. Right. But I think adding a veteran top-of-the-rotation guy really makes them contenders, and I think that's that's the thing. And I, Maybe that's why Nick Crawl can be patient. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to make a trade. I think it's good they do make one or make an addition, but – they don't have to. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think there's this consensus out there that the Reds need, need another piece. I don't think they need another piece. If they I, want another piece. Yes. It's and a I big think difference. It would be a, a huge boost. There are probably 25 other teams across Major League Baseball right now that would love to be in the Reds' shoes from a pitching standpoint. Absolutely. And their bullpen, which hasn't gotten much discussion tonight, but they have, a, you know, they have uh, Alexis Diaz back ready to be the closer again, and then they work backwards, and you have Lucas Sims, and and uh, maybe, you know, if, if uh, T.J. Antone's fully healthy, that's a pretty good back of the, of the bullpen. So they have people they can bring in, and they have room, and they obviously added Pagan, and he's a more of a multi-inning guy in the front of the bullpen, but they have people that they can fill these innings with. Yeah, no doubt. Um, switching gears a little bit, you look at the Reds, and we just made the comment that we both feel the Reds are a contender right now with with the pieces they have in place. When you look at the rest of the division, uh, the Cubs really haven't made a move yet. They spent a boatload. They backed up the Brinks truck for a new manager when they already seemingly had a very capable manager in place. Uh, that's the second time that they've done that now, where they had a manager that had had some success and... Uh, before they even dismiss that manager, they hired a new manager. Yeah, it's uh, cutthroat, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. I've, I, it's funny to me, uh, probably not so much David Ross, but I, I find it <laughs> odd that the Cubs have done this now. I don't. I, I can't think of another team that has done it, and the Cubs have done it twice. Yeah, they did it to uh, Rick Renneria when right. they brought in Joe Madden, and 
and they, yeah, they gave him one year and then adios him. And it's it's unfortunate, but uh, they felt like that Craig Council was the guy to take him to the next next spot. But here we are with the Cubs. They haven't made a move yet. They uh, were allegedly in on the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. They didn't spend that money, so they they have money to spend apparently. And maybe they bring back Cody Bellinger. I, I, uh, they need a bat. They need some rotation help. They haven't got any yet. Yeah, that to me is is baffling because they're going to have to make some moves in order to be a contender. As far as the Brewers go, um, they made a, a small trade today. They acquired a double-A pitcher from the Mets, and they're another team to me that, that I, I don't – I just don't see how they continue to be a contender year in and year out uh, when you expect them to regress. I get their starting pitching – has kept them yeah in contention uh, they I haven't just, gotten better though they haven't gotten any better the only team that's really made themselves better besides the reds in making moves is the cardinals and you could argue that their moves weren't you know lance lynn is the other rotation piece they added i don't think anyone's crying in the division that lance lynn's back I, no but he's a he's a good starter for them but having sunny gray will make the rotation better but there's there's room for the Reds to maneuver here and get better and and be a favorite of the division, depending on what they do next. Yeah, that's that's when I look at the rest of the division. The Pirates haven't done anything either, and you know they got off of that hot start last year. I, I I felt like even though they fell off, I still felt like they were starting to make that progress to maybe be in a position to take the next step. They still haven't done that yet. Um, so when you look at the rest of the division, I, maybe the Cardinals, but they finished in last place last year. Yeah, or fourth place. Well, I can't remember if it was fourth or fifth that they ended up finishing. They weren't very good. No, they were not good. I mean, they had a bad year. I don't care. And they were whose standards? Yeah, they were fifth. That's place what last I thought. Yeah. yeah, and um, I just couldn't justify in my head that they finished below the Pirates. They did, um, and and so I don't know that I have them with the pieces that they've added, the moves that they've made, leaping to the top of the division this year. So I I just I. When you look at the division, I, I don't – are the Reds the team to beat? I think – I know people have said that. I heard at the winter meetings a couple of people say that the Reds are the team to beat. I still think the Cubs are the dangerous team. They're the kind of the X factor because they clearly have money to spend. They spent some on the manager. They're not going to bring in Craig Council and not give him any toys to play with. You know, They're going to have pieces for him, whether they bring back Ballinger or they go out and get uh, another player, a, a corner infielder, go out and get big pitching, Yamamoto perhaps. I don't know if they're in that or not, but they have – they have room to spend. It's Chicago. It's a big market. They, they want to make a splash. I don't think they're going to sit tight the entire rest of the offseason. I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I With Bellinger's resurgence last year, I don't know how, if you're the Cubs, you don't bring him back uh, because that's a huge void. If he goes somewhere, if he signs somewhere else, that is going to be a very challenging void to fill, especially with the players that are out there in the free agent market right now. Yeah, they could maybe get Matt Chapman, and it'll be another big, huge, you know, pickup. But they, they they could be dangerous, or they could be a middle of the road team. Right now, they're kind of middle of the road based on what they have right now. They could get much better. Cardinals are kind of middle of the road right now. They certainly have Paul Goldschmidt. You can't say a team stinks when they have Paul <laughs> no. Goldschmidt, but yet they finished fifth last year. Right. So, um, and the, you know, the Pirates added Rowdy Telez. That's not going to kill the, anybody else. He's no. a good player, but. Uh, and the Brewers are going backwards. I think the Brewers are kind of maybe not quite in a rebuild, but they're definitely not uh, full steam ahead at the moment. I got to feel like there's a reason Craig Council jumped ship. He must he have had, known something, especially he's from there. Right. He had the he had every opportunity that he could have asked for to re-sign with Milwaukee, and he chose not to. 
the writings on the wall in Milwaukee. I think that's a pretty telling thing. We'll wrap up the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF next on the Reds Radio Network. Things up on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Give the gift of Reds this holiday season with our Holiday Flex ticket vouchers. This convenient option lets your family and friends choose the games that best fit their schedule. For more information, visit reds.com slash holiday. Holidays coming up. Are you doing some traveling? Be traveling uh, to Washington, D.C. The suburbs are there oh, very uh, next good. week between Christmas and New Year's with the family. I'm looking very forward to that. How about you? Uh, yeah, going back to uh, Missouri, actually. Spend nice. some time back there and then uh, be back in time for New Year's Eve. Speaking of, next week's show. Uh, it's we'll, big. It's a big show. Boy, it's big. We're going to have all the broadcasters on. Huge. So it, it, Jim Day and I will welcome in the cowboy, Jeff Brantley, Uh Chris Welsh will be on the show. We'll visit with Reds television voice John Sadak and Barry Larkin. We'll stop by as well. It's the Murderer's Row. Oh my goodness! Look I like out. it. That's, That's a good a, show. I'm gonna be listening. That is a big league show. Yes. So uh, you don't want to miss miss that. <laughs> Our producer Austin Elmore says it's the 27 Yankees of <laughs> Reds Hot Stove League lineup. Uh, so anyway, that'll be fun. And then after that, we are going to be live on location uh, after the New Year. In the new Bet MGM Sportsbook down at the banks. Hope you can join us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, excited to see that new space down there. And uh, the shows will be emanating from there until we head down to Arizona for spring training, which is right around the corner. 99 days from opening day. How about that? We're under the century mark. We're under the century mark. Opening day. And. You know, for some of us, we look at uh, the start of spring training. It's kind of the start of the baseball season. It is. Uh, far fewer days <laughs> to yes. that. Do you have your trip booked for Arizona yet? Not yet. Okay. I have a hotel book, but not a trip. Well, that's good. Yeah, I don't have any of that. So, Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Jim Day will be back in. Big thanks to Mark Sheldon for pinch hitting. Also, thanks to Matt McLean and for our producer, Austin Elmore. I'm Tommy Thrall. Have a happy and Merry Christmas.